Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Oh, brother. <laughs> Are they laughing at me or what? <laughs> John, what was that all about? <laughs> It's, it's like uh, we can explain the Bible, but we need you to explain that. Yeah, we did. I didn't no, hear what no, he said. No, no, first it was Sophie Dollar. Oh, brother. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. Oh, that was what it was. Very good. Welcome, everybody. This is Sophie Dollar <laughs> and Stacy Dollar. Uh, we are both here. My daughter Stacy and I are here for the Bible Live broadcast this evening, and John is in the studio with us. And we're ready to get started. This is a, uh, I guess, a very special program. This is the beginning of our 21st year yeah. through the Bible. Uh, this, yeah. past, this past week, at least, we let, read through the opening chapters of the book of Genesis for the 21st time. And we're starting all over again. And uh, we're, it, it, it's just so great to be back again at the beginning yeah. Um, is it where it all started? I mean, it's it's so fascinating. Uh, every, year after year after year, as we go through the Bible, the, the the really dramatic readings, how dramatic, especially dramatic, are the readings of the the first book of the Bible, Genesis, and the opening, uh -huh. because everything's beginning and everything's starting, and uh, and all the redemptive plan of God is revealed, and it's all there, and, and we have to kind of find it in, in the passage and the way things fell out and the way things occurred uh, from creation to um, Cain and Abel and then Cain killing Abel and Seth's birth and then you go through the genealogies and expansion of, of the uh, population of the world. You get to Noah uh, you know, as the human race divides uh, between those who want God and love God and seek God and desire God and want to follow God and those that do not do not want God or uh, or don't care or they follow after their own idea, their own understanding, they can create gods and and so on. Um, but the human race breaks into these two groups and then uh, you see ultimately Noah and his family, the eight people that, that brings the judgment of God on humanity and then they start kind of in a, start all over again yeah. and and uh, what what chapter 11 there they start all over again or seven seven eight nine and chapter 11 is the um, the flood up uh, the universal flood and then and in Noah uh, I'm sorry it's <laughs> chapter seven the flood and then chapter 11 is you have this remarkable event happening called you know the tower of babel and and, and our, our our challenge now uh, uh, as we look at the bible 
is to make sense of all of these things. In other words, uh, it, it makes interesting reading because you know we read about these Nephilites, you know, the Nephilim, right. these giants, and we read about this flood, and we read about this. That, it, it, but how does this all make sense now, and tie into? Or what we know later in scriptures about the redemptive plan of God and mm-hmm. humanity and the sin nature, the falling into sin, the consequences of sin, right. falling into sin, the God's redemptive plan for humanity, those mm-hmm. that we would come. Uh, so that's a, that's our challenge as we go through the book of Genesis. Now, interestingly, we just finished the book of Revelation, the last book, and it gave us a chance as well to review all of these basic fundamental truths that had been put in place centuries and centuries and centuries before, thousands of years before, and in the book of Revelation, that we see them, they're still enforced, those mm-hmm. two, but, but now they've carried through, they've finished their, their, their purpose, and, and then you have re- the redeemed of all of humanity throughout the centuries, mm-hmm. um, billions, evidently, of believers gathered from every race, every tribe, every tongue, every language group, every, every uh, and, and you see the end of the story, mm-hmm. but with those same pieces in place. Yeah. It, it's, it really is fascinating, the, the, the harmony in the scriptures. I mean, mm-hmm. it starts out with these principles and we see them carried through all these thousands of years of, you know, Abraham and then people of Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob, and then Israel, and then the 12 tribes, and then, and yet those same principles keep being carried out, even to the time of David and the kings, and then and then to Messiah himself, Jesus, and we see that redemptive plan. And it keeps getting clearer and clearer to us, we understand more and more, and so now I think what we have to do, Stace, is take what we now understand because Messiah has come, and we understand the redemptive plan and the substitutionary atonement, and now we got to take those principles that we see more clearly in the light of Messiah, take them back, and kind of overlay them over as we read the book of Genesis. Hindsight, yeah, and, and yeah. we see. Ah, oh, oh, that's <laughs> the same principles are still in force. They and this is where they began, mm-hmm. but they were communicated. Uh, they weren't. They weren't laid out as clearly. What we have in the scriptures now are uh, we 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 have to speculate a bit. And sometimes the old, the New Testament, and later passages of scripture, in they light they give us light. They shed light on these, and they make us. They help us understand them, sure. but if you just start reading it cold turkey, and <laughs> you, you know you kind of yeah, you think, well, what? this is all, it's kind of interesting, of course, but then you don't necessarily know what every piece of the to puzzle what means. End. Sure, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's our challenge, I guess. Mm-hmm. Challenge and uh, well, and that's kind of our cheat. Our we we do know the ending. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of us cheating, but it is nice to read. Um, it is, you know, <laughs> you know well, I, I guess when you read Genesis, and it does propose, I mean, it, it's, it says, it is a proposal that this is how it began. This is why. This is how it all started, and this is, uh, and so you inevitably read it then looking for an explanation, kind of assuming that you yourself and your life is kind of its end <laughs> in a way. In other words, 
uh, I know where I am right now, and Genesis is saying this is how it began. And so you read it in light of, well, why am I the way that I am? Yeah. And even how did it, I get where yeah, I am? Where it, I am. It, it, somehow, yeah. how does it relate to uh-huh. the way things and began? And even in that way, it is very satisfying. I mean, it does offer an explanation that I don't think any other no. theories does. I mean, we... We were created, we were loved, we are created in God's image, we are unique, we are special, but we are, we are fallen, but it, it got broken. Yeah. <laughs> it was broken. And there isn't, like you always say, an irrefu- what is irrefutable, irresistible uh, tendency towards sin. And that is, uh, that makes sense. I get that. I understand. And that explains kind of that, why we feel so torn. And, you know, I think we inevitably believe that we're special and that we're unique, which we are. But we also know that somehow it's broken. Mm. And we intuitively, so Genesis, I mean, on just a broad scale, really does satisfy that. And it definitely says, okay. I want more. <laughs> Tell yeah, me more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it satisfies all the same. The elements that we understand, even as believers and followers after the Lord today in our time, with Messiah Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth having come and enlightened us, and and we've seen this this fundamental, this basic plan that we see kind of laid out and alluded to in Genesis. We see it carried out, and and we see it happen over centuries and centuries mm-hmm. and of course there are refinements because people change and times change and language changes and so uh, it, but the plan never changes the fundamental actual plan of God never never changes it yeah. never it takes it becomes it becomes broader it becomes more clear mm-hmm. with time but of course it it changes expression because the the people, the people group changes, the language changes, and so different things come up, become a part of it. But the fundamental elements of the plan are: God loves you. There's a problem of sin. <laughs> yeah. God has made a provision for our sin through, mm-hmm. through this this one mentioned in Genesis chapter three verse fifteen. This, the seed of the woman mm-hmm. who comes and crushes the head of Satan, and and although he is heel is bruised. Uh, I mean, this Messiah, this Redeemer, this Savior who comes. And then ultimately each each of us have a choice to make. Do we want to be a part of the people of God, those who follow God, love God, honor God, seek God, worship God, and have our hope and faith and trust in God, or those who do not Mm -hmm. or choose another, you know, and essentially the, the whole point is that God has created the human race uh, for himself, plants and animals were created uh, for man. Mm-hmm. We're told in the scripture. I'm learning from my wife ah. tonight. Suzanne, <laughs> Suzanne wrote this: plants and animals were created for man, but man was created for God oh, himself. Right. And I love that thought. That we're, we're God's plants. I just yeah. yeah. <laughs> for him, I will be their God. They will be my people. Yeah. So, so that's the that's yeah. the fundamental thing that we're going to try to find and locate as we go through <laughs> these opening chapters. Well, so so do take us through. Let's see. We started Genesis one one in the beginning last Monday, we, yeah. Mm-hmm, and we read through um, chapter one, twenty one, verse twenty one. So we got pretty far. What were some? Of, what are what are some of the bigger <coughs> questions or some of the smaller ones um, that you think 
uh, you know, some of the things to me that are, you know, with regards to Genesis, um, the covenants, of course, stand out with sin, just man's fall. The uh, covenants, that, that's, uh, say what you mean by that so our listeners know. What well, yeah, well, let's get to that. I just wanted to, so kind of the broad themes, um, mm-hmm. um, the priesthood, I've always thought Melchizedek was an interesting uh, subject, mm-hmm. and of course, the Tower of Babel, and so just the different things that we covered through this reading. Well, let's um, take them in order okay. here, and we'll just quickly go through them now. We won't do a lot of explanation, but just, uh, and if you're along with us, uh, by the way, 210-340-9585 is our phone number, 210-340-9585, and we're beginning our 21st time through the Bible, and so many of you have joined with us over these uh, years. Um, Got an email just this week from a man who said, "I've been. This is my. This will be my fifth year. I've Aww. gone through the Bible with you four years, and I'm ready to go again." Let's. <laughs> and, and so that was exciting to think. But but uh, if you want to go through the Bible with us, it's a great time to start. Although any time you start a year from that time, you will have gone through the entire Bible. You'll find yourself back at the place where you got on board. But this is a good time. Right at Genesis, we're in the beginning. Uh, I would encourage you to go to thebiblelive.com or just biblelive.com. And on your internet, on your computer, your laptop, your desktop, your cell phone, whatever instrument you use to uh, to log into the internet to get on board there, go to biblelive.com or thebiblelive.com. And you'll find uh, the, the readings are right there on that first page, each week's readings. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They're right there. You can click on them, and and, and uh, you get a 15 to 20-minute Bible reading each and every day. And if you do that, as you go through the year, you'll read the entire Bible through together with us. Now, here on Sunday nights, we take a moment to look back this past week over the passages that we covered and read and and talk about them and, and you know try to answer questions try to take your comments your thoughts if you'd like to give us a call 210-340-9585 and at time we we ask questions we have a, a list of what we what do we got here 46 plus 12, 58 questions, questions <laughs> in front of us and if you go to the the biblelive.com those questions are on the website uh those are great study help to you once you've heard the scriptures then if you go to that tap on the, the questions, that gives you a chance to review the passages and ask some key questions about, okay, who was this guy, Cain and Abel, and who was the, the third child, Seth? And, and, you know, it just asks you, these, it brings to mind again the, the person, the people you've been reading the scriptures about, asking some questions about them. And so it's a great way for you to... Uh, Kind of give yourself a self-test. It's got the questions, and it has the answers, and it has the verse of Scripture where you find the answer. So if you want to make uh, use the Bible Live as a, as a great study uh, aid for yourself, or let me encourage you to do this. Uh, th- this man who emailed me talks about he and his wife go through it together, and they talk about it, and mm-hmm. it, you can do that. Go get your family members. um Maybe your your children are separated. You can all still go to it and read it, and then you could uh, Zoom meeting as a family and talk about the Bible. Or, you know, you could uh, get some people at work that want to go through the Bible and have a Bible study, and then uh, each week you could have a Bible study and, and, and talk about and discuss together the, the passages that you've 
that you've listened to that week. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of ways that you could use it, but it's for you to make your way through the entire Bible every year and, uh, and, and you know, think through the questions and, and clarify and just grow and grow in your knowledge of, of the Scriptures and God's Word and God's, of course, redemptive plan. And not only that, get to know God better and better yourself and just walk with Him and, and learn from Him and and have God work in your life through His through His Word. Okay, let's let's go to what you said, Stacy. We want to talk about what are the big things. Okay, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the first thing is, uh, we didn't just crawl out of the slime. The the you know the. Now, I mean, you can believe that if you want, but but the consequences of believing that that everything that we experience that that we see from the stars and the sun and the moon and the stars and the seasons you know the big picture the galaxies and so on to down to the 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 microscopic you know cells and molecules and atoms and and genetics and things that that everything points to design everything works and and functions clearly but if we if you want to think Mm -hmm. that somehow it just all just kind of happened don't somehow if you think that don't somehow think that you're far more intelligent and you're (laughs) far more sophisticated than these um, these bible believing people you're just as far out there as i mean you're breaking all the rules of the science that you claim to believe in uh Every rule of science is broken if you think it just came out of nothing because all the rules of science that we know of, nothing comes from nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's uh, there's going to be a faith factor no matter how you approach it. Uh, Now, what we have here, I I think one thing we have to mention is how did we get the book of Genesis? Okay, yeah. How do we? How did we get the book uh, of Genesis? I, don't say that. Don't say okay. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. I'm asking you. To recall how? Where does it come? Where did we get yeah. this? This? These stories and this information and these genealogies yeah. and all of this. Where do we get it? Well, I think that Moses, right? Moses. In terms of who documented it, uh, mm-hmm. Moses. But it's just word of it's told story to story to from generation yeah. to the next generation. About a thousand four hundred and fifty mm-hmm. years before mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. is when Moses. We understand Moses brought the people of Israel. By that time, expand, we've covered a lot of, of the scriptures, but. The people of Israel went and spent 400 years. I, by the way, in Genesis chapter 15, that's mentioned, that's predicted in Genesis mm-hmm. chapter 15 uh, with Abraham. Uh, but many centuries later, it it happens. It takes place, and they go down into Egypt for 400 years, and and then they come back. And, and Abraham and Moses, as they came out of Egypt, and they began this 40 years of wandering in the wilderness before they went in, back into the land of Canaan, it, it is thought that is our our best understanding of when Moses wrote down mm-hmm. uh, the first five books of the Bible: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. What is called the the Pentateuch or the or the Torah. A- and Moses, where did he get this information? How did you know? Well, 
Our understanding is that these stories, these basic stories of, of from Adam and Eve told Cain and Abel and their all of their children, mm-hmm. which they obviously must have, uh, the human race must have expanded by, like it or not, a comfortable or uncomfortable as it may be, evidently the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve had children mm-hmm. among them. Uh, you have to deal with that. How, how does that relate to the idea of, uh, you know, the sexual purity or the, that that point? And people have talked about that. That the fact that perhaps genetically the race was much purer status or state at that time, and that didn't have the dangers of of intermarriage and cross marriage uh, with with genetic defects and so on that are present when you know when siblings would mate if siblings would mate. Uh, of course, later, centuries later, or time later, that became that became something people didn't do. They didn't marry brothers and sisters. Although, even our good friend Abraham married Sarai, mm-hmm. and she was his half sister. He says, yes. He, he says himself. There's no and, other yeah. uh, in about her parentage, but yeah, he does say that. And, and so, I mean, even at that. Even at that time, the, it wasn't particularly, mm-hmm. it wasn't taboo or anything. It was just, well, uh, we have to answer questions like that, you know, of course. Uh, so anyway, we have, um, <laughs> I forgot where I was going, Stacy. <laughs> you got to get, I'm on my own. She's shaking her head and going, you're on your own, Dad. You're, <laughs> you're out there. You you got there by yourself. You got to get back. Let's see. Okay, so we, we've got, we We've got creation of the of the world, we plants and animals. We have the six days of creation and so on. Um, and by the way, here's a question for our listeners: Out of the six days of creation, which is the one day that God, as we read the record of it in the Book of Genesis, there is one out of those six days of creation. Now, the seventh day He rested from His. Uh, from creation, in other words, it was finished, it completed. But one of those six days of creation, all of them, it says, God this determines or says clearly in the in the narrative here that it was good. Mm-hmm. He did this, he created this and this, yeah. and God said saw that it was good or declared that it was good. But there's one day in those six days of creation that God. He didn't mention. Now, he didn't say it wasn't good. He didn't say it's bad, mm-hmm. but it's just not mentioned. There's one day that it's not mentioned that God declaring that day to be good, you know, the, the things created. So if you happen to know what day was not declared to be good, <laughs> I'd like you to give us a call, 210-340-9585. Now, that's not one of the questions on our question sheet. It's just one that I've... Uh, fairly recently come to understand yeah. and it is and it's kind of interesting actually now yeah. uh, which day was not declared to be good of the six days of creation so but you have the creation of the universe the world the planet earth the plants and animals and so on you have that record genesis chapters one and two um you have that then you have uh the beginning of the idea of the human race uh, in terms of accountability and relationship to God. You've got these two very special creatures, one Adam and then later uh, the female, uh, Eve, and they are unique 
from all of the other the animal kingdom the different and they as we said are created for let us create man in our image what does that mean and created for relationship with God and that tells us what does it tell us about God not only that he's omnipotent and powerful and creative and all but he's knowable because he's creating these creatures to know him to 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 have a relationship with him so god is relate and we're created in his image what does that mean uh, as we're persons we have the gift of personhood okay so we have adam and eve and then we have the garden we have the they've fallen to sin they disobey god mm-hmm. so that's going to be a big note and then the consequences of that you know childbirth mm-hmm. will become painful or be painful and what does that mean? Adam and he, Adam's going to have to work mm-hmm. the land and by the sweat of his brow. What does that mean? Um, maybe you want to give us a thought on any of these things. You can give us a call during this uh, coming hour. We're going to be discussing these opening chapters of the book of Genesis, 210-340-9585. That is our phone number. We'd love to hear from you here on the Bible Live broadcast. Now, uh, so we got through Adam and Eve, the judgment, and then this, the human race expands, uh, and we come down to, we see this Nephilim, we see this, the human race begins to divide into those who want to honor God and worship God and those who don't. Then you finally come to Noah, where everybody in the whole human race has walked away from God except for this one man and his wife and these three sons and their wives. Eight people only left that follow after God. And, you know, we have to kind of grasp her at that. And what does that mean? And how does that work? But then God destroys the human race uh, with a flood. And how does that work? And how does that happen? And these people living for hundreds of years, we've got to get, how does that, how do we explain that? How did that work? And and so on, the human race expanding. And then after Noah comes out of the ark, uh, then you have, they begin again. You know, they have children and children and multiply. And you have uh, generations and genealogies and Pretty soon we're talking again about thousands, perhaps tens of thousands, perhaps even hundreds of thousands of people. And then you have this thing called the Tower of Babel, chapter 11. And then finally we get to chapter 12 where we start talking about Abraham. We pick this one guy, Abraham, and his wife, Sarah, and we start tracking with them. Uh, and, And all along the way, we're getting the story, but we're also kind of trying to understand how does all of this relate to the big picture of God's calling out of people for himself out of the human race as the generations and the centuries pass? We'll come to all of that uh, when we come back. That's our music. We're going to take a break and come back, and we'll take your phone calls, 210-340-9585, here on the Bible Live broadcast. Of Jesus, your this is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The 
Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. Good job, John. I like that. I hadn't heard that before. That's, that's cool. What well, did the Bible Live play, mean? I can't play it throughout the year. I have to play it during <laughs> yeah. Genesis. <laughs> this is the time for it. Well, this is uh, the time for your phone call as well, folks. 210 340 um, if, if you're listening tonight, you have thoughts, you have questions, you have comments you about uh, Genesis. Now, as I just said, we were making our way through giving you the kind of the big picture. Uh, there's a lot of content really fast. In these opening, we, we covered 20 chapters of the book of Genesis last week, 2020, chapter 20, 21, I guess it was. Uh, and we got, I just, in my commentary, I just got down to chapter... See, 11 was the Tower of Babel. Chapter 12, then we came to Abraham, and we, we find this man named uh, Terah who's living in Ur of the Chaldeans. And you know where that is and now, and, and basically Abra- Abram uh, is one of his sons, his brother Haran, and another brother, I've forgotten his name, but Nahor. Nahor. Mm-hmm. And we have the little the little adventure that they have coming out of Ur of the Chaldeans, and God tells Abraham, who evidently is following after God or wants God to follow God, God says, I'm going to want you to leave your family, the security of your family, the safety of your family, and I want you to, uh, the comfort of your family, I want you, I'm going to take you to a land that I will show you. Just just launch out by faith. And and so Abraham does that. He leaves and, uh, and it goes to Canaan. Yeah, and I do think that uh, just as a little plug for grandfathers and for legacy, you know, uh, it was Tara who first did take the family from Ur and headed towards Canaan. Um, and so it was in Abram's mind. I mean, it was his to kind of venture out. And so they, and then they ended up, Haran died, and then they ended up in Haran, and his brother Haran. His brother Haran died, and then they settled in Haran. Um, so they didn't quite make it to Canaan. And then Terah died. So they were, the, and then that's when um, Abram decided. That's when Abram, when the Lord called Abram to continue on to Canaan. Um, and so I. I don't know. I thought that that was interesting. It, it, it wasn't that, just completely out of the blue. In other it just words, turned out he went to Canaan. Uh-huh. But he didn't know he was going to Canaan. I'm going to take you to a land right. you don't know about. <laughs> that's right. Wow. That, yeah, that yeah. is faith. But and, I, and of yeah, course, oh, that's sure. why we understand from the scriptures right. that Abraham is our example of, yeah. even in the New Testament, yeah. Paul uses By him faith, extensively Abraham. that sure. to, to establish clearly that point that. Yeah. The way that we're going to relate to God as right. human beings, the key to the relationship with God in the, is faith. Yes. And, and not to take that's away. That's important. Yes, absolutely. And I don't mean to take away from that. I, I guess I just, I thought that was 
you know, his father, yeah. his father played yeah. a pretty big role, mm. actually. I mean, he is the one that first uh, left Ur for whatever yeah. reason. No, it so isn't like uh, Abraham was the first human being to ever have faith. I mean, Adam and Eve, uh, uh, um, yeah. Noah. I mean, by faith at Noah. some level by they faith had faith. By yeah. faith, Noah, yeah. So, no, f- it, but it's just another clear yes. indicator of this fundamental principle that the in terms of the kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom of God, the coin of the realm is faith. Mm-hmm. The, we have to, we're going to have to walk and live and experience God in our relationship with God here on planet Earth mm-hmm. by faith. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's uh, Abraham is used as a clear example of that, of course. And, and besides that, <coughs> he becomes the, the head of a particular people group Mm-hmm. that ultimately turn out to be what we know as Israel or mm-hmm. the Jewish nation. I mean, through the centuries, it takes on different titles and names, but Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob, and Jacob's 12 sons, and Joseph goes down to the, And it becomes a people group that that is characterized, that that is, that is identified, uh, part of their very identity as a group, it is the worship of, of this one true God, the Creator, of mm-hmm. uh, one God, yeah. uh, not not polytheism, not many many gods and so on, but one God, the Creator, and relating to Him, uh, w- you know, morality, good and evil, and so and but mainly relating to Him by faith and trust in His love and His mercy and His provision for. Uh, it acknowledges wickedness and unworthiness to relate to him, but also it acknowledges grace and mercy and forgiveness, and that's the God that mm-hmm. Abraham knows and that he's called to follow and that his people group come are called to follow after that. They don't do it perfectly, uh, not every individual and not even perfectly as a nation, but, but that's, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the people group then as as it goes on through the rest of the Bible, the, and who in the end of it, of course, culmin, the culmination is in the yeah. the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Himself, who who gives us even more light uh, on that topic of re- the redemptive plan of God. But there we are. Okay, have, have we done it, Stacey? Have we got through chapter twenty twenty one or not? Yeah. Well, so y- anything else you want to add to that? See, Babel about? was before. Did you mention Babel? Babel, Babel is chapter eleven. And, and so Abraham is after he's before, Babel. Yeah, Abraham is after that. After Babel. And then, uh, let's see. And then you have Abraham, uh, his, his wife, Sarai, and then becomes Sarai. Abram, uh, exalted father. His name is changed to Abraham, father of many, father of many nations. Mm-hmm. And so and then you have this covenant this mm-hmm. where he walks between the pieces of, of the sacrifice yeah. that's been cut in half. Uh, you'll you'll hopefully help us with that. Uh, what I don't know what chapter is in, but then he's told he's going to have a child. Uh, Abraham at age seventy five is told he's going to have a son, uh, but it doesn't happen for twenty five years, mm-hmm. and and well and past childbearing age, mm-hmm. and so he and his wife Sarah get together, they put their heads together, and they decide, well, let's let's help God out a little bit. And at age 85, 10 years after he's gotten that promise, he and Sarah decide they're going to help God. And, and so he has 
uh, relations with his handmaiden, an Egyptian woman, um, and uh, Sarah's handmaiden, mm-hmm. and and uh, they have a son named Ishmael, and that now works out all right in the sense that you know everything works and they do have a child, but it turns out to be mm-hmm. a problematic. It turns out to be painful in childbirth. Oh yeah, uh-huh. we got to get it back there. Oh, there's that pain in childbirth you're talking about. Um, so anyway, uh, so we have uh, Ishmael, then we have Isaac, and then we have uh, Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau, and they are they you know, they have their little adventure. Oh, how far do we have to go, Abraham? Uh, I, I don't want to get have to talk. Oh, we've already got an, we've got enough to say grace over. We got down to the birth of Isaac. Yes. Okay. Okay. To to Abraham, and and, and but we haven't um, we haven't gotten to where Abraham is told to sacrifice Isaac. Yes. So God tells Abraham he's going to have a child, and they have to wait twenty five years for it to happen, and then He tells them to go sacrifice him. <laughs> That'll be next week's uh, big right. topic of conversation. <laughs> Let's go back to the beginning. Okay. <laughs> In the beginning. And let's just take them topic by topic and as we come along and try not to get too deeply uh, immersed and use up all of our time. But, folks, any of these topics that we've talked about, you can give us a call, 210-340-9585. Maybe you have a question about how it works and what it means, or maybe you have an answer. Maybe you have an insight or a thought that has been helpful and uh, Mm -hmm. encouraging to you, and you'd like to share that with us about all of these different things. That's the that's the amazing thing about the book of Genesis. The word itself means beginning. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning. Yeah. And so many things begin. You know, it, it's actually mentioned in even some of the genealogy. He was the first one to build cities. And, and the first musician is actually mm-hmm. mentioned. And this one was the first one to do this. And this was the first one to do that. I mean, in the, in the book of Genesis, we'll be, a lot of things are first time. You know, they're... they're Oh, the first time that, that are mentioned here. Now, uh, Moses, evidently, these stories were passed down over these centuries, through these generations. They sat around the campfires. They, you know, the fathers taught them to their sons. The sons taught them to their sons. And grandfathers. And so, uh, these were carefully passed along through the centuries, through the centuries. The story is told and retold until... Evidently, Abraham, uh, Moses, in those 40 years, in the world, Moses wrote them down, mm-hmm. which is uh, and, and would, uh, This is a little random, but would uh, I guess would, with his Egyptian background, would that have played a part in him being able to write? Oh, and yeah, of course. Yeah. Would yeah, he have written uh, it in Hebrew or would he have written it in hieroglyphics? Well, uh, Wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, since I'm I was sure there, I can tell you yeah, exactly Dad. how he did it. <laughs> the, um, Hebrew. No. Surely. Uh, uh, well, that'd be interesting. In the first place, it? yes, his education that would have uniquely qualified him yeah. or enabled him to be. Remember, he was raised forty years in the palace of Egypt in the higher education, the highest educational experience he could have had. So that that's part of that. We have had, in fact, guests on our program, uh, and there are there are documentaries that are about. Yeah how Abraham did it, how language developed, was language developed, I'm sorry, how Moses did it, how language developed at that time it was already developed. 
So we have had uh, that. We've had the the producer of that film on the program a number of times, and you can go on the internet and find, uh, if you want to, about uh, language and how language developed and how writing became uh, developed. Because sometimes people have said, "Well, no, it couldn't be because writing didn't even exist in the time of, uh, in that time, fourteen hundred and fifty years before Christ." And yet, this documentary clearly uh, gives evidence that yes, it yeah. did, uh-huh. and that he would have been perfectly uh, able and even very qualified then to yeah. have written down these um, stories, these accounts that had been passed. Especially, through, yeah, with uh, his uh, experience both in Egypt and, I mean, so much of the early chapters, I mean, are, are in Egypt. Right, that, that true. He's, he's in the perfect location. He's, yeah, he is set up uniquely to be able to write this. So I have no troubles with that. No, <laughs> no, I, I don't have any trouble with I just want to see I him, have, I just want to see the hieroglyph version. <laughs> the Egyptian hieroglyphics. <laughs> okay, well, let's go back. The word Genesis means beginning. Uh, what day was the day? No one has given us a call. Two t- I'm going to leave the question out there a little longer to give somebody a chance. What day of the cre- six days of creation, which is the one day that it is not declared that it to be good? And God said, you know, it is good. Or God said, declared this day to be good. The, what was created on that day to be good. What was the one day that was that was not declared to be good? Doesn't mean it was bad. I'm not trying to say that, but it's just sort of interesting that there is one day that wasn't that that statement was left out of the account and it's kind of interesting what day it was. If you want to give a guess at it or get, tell us, give us a call 210-340-9585. We'd love to hear from you here on the Bible Live. Okay. Let's go, Stacey. You got Adam and Eve. Um, what do you want to talk about, Adam and Eve? And well, we moved to Cain and Abel, sure. and then their son Seth. And they must have had many, many other children because the human race expands and grows. And pretty soon, you're talking about hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands, maybe even hundred thousands of people over over many years, hundreds of years, generations. But but it, but it spreads quickly, and, and they it must have. That must have been part of the process, I assume. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if it's not, if you have another idea about it, give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things I guess that stood out to me was um, just the idea of childbirth. And uh, I remember, we, I mean, there are other things, but um, you know, the idea that once sin, t- sin entered in, that the consequences for women, for a woman, was that there'll be pain in childbirth. And I remember reading that and thinking, well, I wonder, I mean, to me, surely it's not necessarily just, at the very least, anatomical uh, pain, you know. Just physical physical pain pain uh, in the process of giving birth to a child. Right, because her anatomy, I mean, unless God changed just, you know, changed how it works, I would think it's always going to be painful physically. And so the curse wasn't so much that childbirth will now be physically painful when it wasn't before. It was more that uh, sin has entered in, meaning relationships are broken, they're complicated, they're hard. And one of the most painful, probably, relationships a woman can ever have is 
the whole idea of a child. I mean, it wonderful. Not just the physical giving birth, the physical, but, but, but the idea that a child is going, your children are going to disappoint be, you. They're going to break are. your heart. And you're they're going to come into pa- the world in all sorts of painful yeah. circumstances. It's not always going to be you, you know, a man that just loves you in a committed marriage and it's, uh, going to be, you know, a, a wonderful child who also obeys and honors his parents. It's going to be painful. One of the most painful things for parents in general, but especially for a woman. I mean, we see that today mm-hmm. um, played out. And, um, and well, Cain killed his brother Abel. I mean, I, d- how, d- how did that make Adam and Eve? Right. The, the, the child was mm-hmm. one murdered the other, and right. and. I, I, when you first launched that and told me about that, I, I thought, "Wow, that I, I, I think you really are onto something there." I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just a guy. We don't know much about the childbirth <laughs> experience anyway, and I and I, I've always just thought of it as well. Now it hurts. Pain in that in that, you know, childbirth. But I think I have no problem. Seeing yeah. not only that, but also that now that sin is a part of the human equation, children do break their parents' hearts. Right. Disapp- we we always uh, there's disappointment, and, there's difficulty, there's struggle, and in particular, women. I mean, I I, I don't mean of mm-hmm. course parents, of course fathers as well, but I mean. When you look at um, it, well, the boys are the ones that usually probably break the mama's heart more than anyone. Well, I don't I'm know, just saying. I mean, I'm I'm literally saying though. What what about the single mom? What about the mom who's been raped and has a? Mm-hmm. I mean, what about the? It's painful and it's not even the child's fault in any way. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. because it's a broken world and not the news of having a child or, or you know the news of pregnancy isn't always. Celebrated. Celebrated even from the get-go, before there's even child, even before there's even birth. You know, there's, there's, it, pa- it can be painful. Understanding and, of hardship. Yes, yeah. and I think that God, you know, he, from the, he, I don't mm-hmm. think, and it was a natural consequence of sin. I don't think, God, I mean, God wasn't saying arbitrarily, well, now it's going to be painful. I think God lamented. I think he was brokenhearted over, you know, the, something that should have been wonderful always. Something that's just, you know, uh was is going to be painful now and even then though he he but he's going to redeem it he has a plan mm-hmm. in other words even that and for men you know of course the the curse of the ground and your work it's going to be hard and you can see that you can see that in today i mean just yeah i watched I'm, your husband out <laughs> Working right. so hard in the backyard yeah. today but, and you know, sweating. Their <laughs> identity getting wrapped up in their work or their identity becoming all about money or this or that and controlling. I mean, not to say that women don't experience yeah. that too, but just I think that that's an especially hard thing for men to, to experience. To go. And, I, and these sort of hardest things that tend to identify us, God was saying, but I've got a plan. I mean, he was already working to redeem it. He was already going to, mm-hmm. we've got to make this right because we can't let that be the state in which you are eternally placed. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Stacy, I, I really think you're <laughs> onto something there. I, I like, and now we need a, we need an equally brilliant understanding of this whole thing about, uh, man and his work. I think you're right. you're kind of working on it there about yeah. well maybe 
you know, obligation to work for a living and not just do things we're interested in, but I, or something something like that that would give a little broader, greater insight into the experience of, of what it is. But seeing it as a consequence of sin right. is very important. Yeah. Well, uh, we do have our first call. Franklin is on the line with us Thank tonight you. and wanting to comment or ask a question or whatever it might be on his mind. Hi, Franklin. How are you tonight? I am blessed for being able to talk to you, Sophie. God bless you and, yeah. and, 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 and your daughter and, and, uh, and your whole family. Thank I, you. I, I wish God's blessings upon all of you. I thank you so very uh, much, sincerely. I'm going to take a big guess here on your question, and I'm going to say it was the seventh day, the Sabbath day. Well, that's an interesting. You're right. Sabbath, he was good. You're right. Uh, but I was saying which of the six days of creation, not the seventh day. All six oh, days of well, creation, God declared, or it is declared that, it, and God said, or it, was, it, it is good. But one of those six days, oh, Sunday, Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, one of those days oh, okay. was not declared to be good. I know you know oh, which dear. one. You know inherently which day it was, right? Uh, well, I, I I was going for the seventh day, but I'm going to help uh, I'm going to say that it would be the sixth day. Then. Well, which day do we bemoan? Even to this day, which day do we all go, oh, man, it's this day? <laughs> Monday. Well, on, on the first day, uh, he said it was good. And then on the second day. No, you're, you're being too organized here. I'm just saying, even today am, in, in our world, when you, you know, it's your job, when we work, we all, there's a certain day of the week that we all bemoan. We all go, oh, man. Well, I guess it must be I, I must, must be the second day, Monday. That's right, Monday. And isn't it interesting that Monday is the one day that is not said to be good? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know well, if there's any significance to that, but Monday, the second day of creation, that is the one day. Now, the second day of creation, let me see. God created the heaven and the earth on the first day, mm -hmm. and the second day He separated uh, the light from the darkness. Am I correct on that? Yes, you are. Okay. Let there be well, I guess that's why He said it wasn't good. He didn't say it was good because because we've had darkness in this world ever since. <laughs> Well, he's already gone to explaining it to us. <laughs> well, that might I don't be it. Know. I just find it interesting, I, and, and I didn't find that on my own. Uh, somebody else told me that uh, maybe a year ago, and I, I've, I've thought it was so funny. To me, it was almost humorous, but I'm sure it's a very serious thing. But uh, that the day that we bemoan, oh, it's Monday, oh, Monday, you know, and we all go, yeah, well, it's Monday, you know. That is that Monday, day. Monday. <laughs> Can't stop that day. <laughs> Something like that. For they sure. wrote songs about it. Even, even. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad you called in and took a shot at it, though. That was that was. Well, God bless you. <laughs> you too, brother. Thank you so much, and and please don't ever go away. Aww. 
You're too wonderful. Oh uh, well, we'll all end up in the same place someday. We'll, we'll have eternity together. How's that? How's that? That's cool. well, at least for a little while. You bet. And then God judges us and separates us out. So yeah, hopefully I'll be too. on the right side of that. Uh, you will be the white one because I'm going to Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Later, my I'm friend. Going. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate it very much. Franklin's always fun to talk with, and that was. It was courageous for him to take a shot at it, yeah, you know. and you know, I remember um, reading, I didn't want to, because I, I couldn't quite remember, but Chad Bird, he writes for 1517, um, and he's a, he's great. He's, he commented on, he, he wrote something on that, and he ties it to Revelation, I mean, not to, to he, he ties it to the cross. He ties it to a moment, um, I think, and I... But that the, there is significance to it. Really, to the yes. fact that Monday was not declared to be to it, be good. Yes, and the one day that was not declared good gets picked back up, and it ends up that it would have been that day, yes, and that it's very good. And that there's a redemption in there somewhere. I, I, wow. But I can't quite remember, so Chad Bird, uh, we'll look at <laughs> read. So evidently, there's not an insignificant little verse or word no. in this passage. I mean, right. Every bit of it ultimately will have some in, some... Some importance, yeah. yeah. Well, folks, there's our music again. This this time is just flying by so quickly, and it, we've got a now we've got 20 more chapters to cover. We'll kind of cover them all when we get back. We'll get through as quickly as we can, and we'll also take your phone calls 210 340 9585. If any question or anything to say about these opening chapters of the Bible from the book of Genesis here on the Bible Live. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Man gave names to all the animals in the beginning, in the beginning. Man gave names to all the animals in the beginning. Long time ago Saw an animal that liked to growl Big furry paws and he liked to howl Great big furry back and furry hair oh, I think I'll call it a bear Saw an animal upon a hill Chewing up someone's grass till he had his fill. He saw milk coming out, but he didn't know how. He said, I think I'll call him a cow. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. In the beginning, long time ago. In the beginning. <laughs> Don't change the words up on me. All right, we are back. Our friend Bob Dylan. It's my favorite. John, Johnny Cash. Was that Johnny Cash? Damn, I just I knew I should have guessed <laughs> Bob Dylan. Well, Bob Dylan's the first time I heard it. That song. I think he wrote that song. Bob Dylan did. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, look that up. <laughs> and, but that's Johnny Cash. Our our friend Johnny. Oh, uh, the man in black. I look forward well, to anyway. that. I look forward to that song every year. I mean, I look forward to Genesis too, but I don't know that song or Genesis. It comes back every year. Well, here we are. We've got we've got just one segment left, uh, Stacy. Okay. We've got to um, try to give 
our our listeners here. Let's let's think through these first twenty chapters. We've got creation, mm-hmm. seven six days of creation. Monday was not declared to be good, and <laughs> and then we, uh, oh gosh, all of this could have commentary easily. Uh, we see Adam and Eve uh, sin becomes a part of their experience. They're told in the day you sin, uh, you will die. In the day you disobey me, you will die. Uh, and then, uh, but they didn't die physically that day. That they the, and we talk about well, the, spiritually they died in the sense that they were separated yeah. from that intimate, perfect relationship with God. They were they were created in in sinless innocence, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil it was always planned that man would become not only created in God's image in the sense of personhood with intellect, with emotion, with volition, with will. We can decide what we're going to believe. We can decide to either follow God or not follow God. We can we have that freedom. That's that's part of the being created in the image of God: intellect, emotion, and will, free will. And then there was this tree of this tree that was planted with the very purpose of helping man created in sinless innocence become a being a, a, a moral morally uh, accountable being. Uh, so we know by experience, Adam and Eve learned by experience the difference between good and evil, right and wrong. Mm-hmm. They could have learned the same lesson by choosing good. Right. The way Jesus, the Messiah, did. The, 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 but they became uh, free moral agents at, by when they did that. And it, and actually, it's true what the serpent told them, because God knows yeah. that when you eat of that, you're going to become like Him, knowing the difference between good and evil. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was a kind of a half truth in His temptation and so on. But. Anyway, they do that, and so the human race, we know then from Adam and Eve forward, uh, uh, part of this idea that the sin enters into the human race. Every human being uh, is, we were all present in Adam and Eve genetically, if they indeed were, and the Bible does say they are our founding parents, all of the human race was in them. Genetically, the 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 Genetic material for every human being who has ever lived on planet Earth was in Adam and Eve. So when they sinned and fell under the consequences of sin, the whole race within them fell mm-hmm. under the consequences both of nature, sin. Both nature and nurture. <laughs> exactly, nature and nurture. Mm-hmm. And so then we, we move on. And, uh, and then you have Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. Well, we do have to mention, though, that an animal died. Yeah. And, and so very know. early then, quickly... Yeah. We got this sense. Remember, he said, "In the day that you sin, you will die." They didn't, but they had to watch. Inevitably, and didn't say that, but God, an animal was killed yeah. to cover them in their nakedness and their shame, and they saw this. And there, therefore, we had the beginning of this idea: the the soul that sins, it shall die. The, the, mm-hmm. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Mm-hmm. And so right away we see this principle of substitutionary atonement. Yeah. Put it, it For Adam and Eve, an animal died, bled, the skins were used mm-hmm. to cover them in their yeah. nakedness. And, and that must have been, I mean, up until that point, there was no, there, there was no, no death. There was no yeah. sacrifice. We, no we must assume that yeah. perhaps that was the first creature they saw die in 
And they had and they began and to understand the consequence yeah. of sin. And I like that that song just played. I mean, but you know, the, the Adam named these animals. Yeah. This was this. So that must have been. I think we kind of read over that and don't think, don't pause on that. And um, that that must have been. There's just one little taste of what they had done, and they got to see. Not only is it devastating to their relationship with God, not only is it with each other, but that the whole world was yeah. going to ache and mm-hmm. be broken, mm-hmm. and there would be pain because of what mm-hmm. they did. Mm-hmm. Exactly and that right. innocent people would would be innocent things, and innocent would would start to experience that. And it would just spread like a cancer. The whole of creation whole groaning, of cre- yes. uh, as other parts of Scripture talk right. about. Well, you, we, you're, you're right about the, uh, uh, how we, in the book of Genesis, it's easy just to read over some of these little yeah. events and happening, but without pondering, well, wow, what, mm-hmm. what was that like? What did that really happen? What was really going on there? And what principle is being put in place that demonstrates it right. for us? But then we, so we see sin. We see the consequences of sin. We see the pain and, and childbearing and uh, childbirth and childbearing. We see ch- uh, work, man working. And so we see those consequences. Then we see the human race begin to uh, expand. Cain kills his brother Abel, which have, uh, I mean, like, we could it, comment on all, all these things. It went bad quick. <laughs> and then, and, yeah, and then, and then Seth, is born uh, to replace. But what happens here immediately is you see the human race begins to break as as these children are born and more and more families, more and more people, hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands become. uh, What is happening is people are making their choices, choosing to follow after God, love God, desire God, uh, be humble before God, act, seek morality and goodness and rightness or or not. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, through these generations that are mentioned in chapters, uh, chapter three, four, five, and so on, you see these generations, the expansion of the human race, the paradise lost, uh, the descendants of Cain, the birth of Seth, uh, the descendants of Adam. You know, in chapter five, and we see the it says the a world gone wrong. By chapter six, the entire human race has marched in lockstep mm-hmm. to. Uh, corruption to immorality to not following after God, everybody doing just what they want to do, marrying who they want to marry, you know, just uh, multiple wives and so on. We see... It reminds me of that, Lewis, uh, in Narnia, how the animals, when they have forgotten Aslan, when they have forgotten, they become more and more, they become wild. They become like beasts. They become more animals. Mm-hmm. They, they lose the gift they, of speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and that, that kind of commentary on humanity. The, the more removed we are from our creator, from who we were designed and created to be and what the intention was, we lose our integrity as humans and we become beastly. And uh, that always reminds me of chapter yeah. six when I read chapter, I think of, I think, these are humans that have lost their humanity. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and truth, truly, uh, as a man walks away from God, the further he gets away from God, and the, the more animal-like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, we've seen that. We talk about, wow, he's just an animal. You know, he just he he's lost all sense of humanity. And, and mm-hmm. uh, well, we all have at some level, right? Uh, yes. But then, as people move uh, in in corruption away from God, it, it becomes more pronounced in, in their life and their experiences. But in chapter 6, we see a world gone wrong. 
Now, we skipped through a lot there, all those genealogies and all those people, the, the first musician, the first builder of cities, uh -huh. you know, this, that, uh -huh. and the other. But we get to chapter 6, a world gone wrong, and we get the story of Noah and his family. God decides to, uh, to judge the human race uh, who, that has walked in lockstep toward godlessness and corruption and morality uh, and uh, the flood. Then we see this flood. Okay, the flood. It's easy to just say, oh, there was a flood. It <laughs> rained a lot. Well, it, the flood that actually didn't come entirely from the rain. The, the fountains of the deep broke, whatever that means. And uh, the, the idea of the flood, we, we have to mention that geologically that would have, we would have some kind of indication of that. And of course, And, of course, we do. We don't hear about it in the popular world because... In the popular world, science has become almost a substitute for worship of God. If we, um, science has become the, a god to many people. But the point is, is that there is, there is scientific evidence, there is geological, geographical evidence that indeed once there was an earth that was, mm, that was uh, like a greenhouse. There was a temperate, moderate temperature around the planet. Uh, the, you know, weren't you know the Arctic snow or snow regions and so on. In fact, is uh, even in in recent times there have been exploration and discoveries made of of um, green vegetation in the Arctic regions when they when they dig deep deep down and they they take out these samples, they find greenery, they find trees, and how did that happen in the Arctic? Uh, or, or when we find these animals and uh, mammoths and so on deep below the surface, and they have and they have grass and green in their stomach in their systems. That, that when you discovered the the um, the, the bodies and, and so on, so there is this evidence. And the the idea, and I quickly say, is that that the, the in the in the earth there was a cloud canopy around the earth at that time, which created a. Uh, uh, a, a, a greenhouse effect on planet Earth. There was a moderate temperature around the Earth. Uh, also, it, it blocked the uh, damaging and aging ultraviolet rays from the sun, which may help understand the long longevity of these human beings as they lived hundreds of years. It's it's recorded, and so uh, and of course it might have to do with differences of dating and understanding of dating and time and calendars as well. But the UV rays being blocked would be a huge difference. Plus, the um, air pressure in in that kind of a situation would have been a greater. There would have been a greater presence of oxygen in the atmosphere, which would have uh, also contributed to a longevity, greater health, and strength. Uh, so that 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 happened, and of course, at the flood, that was removed. That canopy removed the. the Water, con you know, the condensation and it rained, and and so then, and God had declared in in that era that man would not. I'm going to begin to shorten man's lifespan. Uh, where is that in chapter six or seven? I believe it is, but then um, uh, maybe chapter six it is. My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years, and then it begins to, and it begins to come down. That's chapter six, but then the the flood comes, and then uh, then we have these being. Now, what you see there is that the race went to corruption, because there was one race, one language, one people staying together. Then you move from chapter seven 
the next major theme after the story of Noah, the, the ark is a picture of redemption. Uh, the animals that were brought in, the ark, the, the ark was clo- God closed the door of the ark. Judgment fell. They came out of the ark. Uh, I always love, real quick, I'll break it, the, um, the idea of a way out. Um, God always provides a way, and I just love to, just mm-hmm. real quick, to tie in Jesus' claim that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, the ark is a picture of Messiah. The ark is a picture of the way. And how many of us have found ourselves in a situation? I think pretty much all a lot of life is consumed with just trying to make sure that we have a way out of things. We don't ever want to pigeonhole ourselves. We constantly are looking for exits or for scenarios where we don't have to, we're not, we're not, you if know, this happens, I have, right, this I have this escape route. Uh-huh. Right. And, I, and we sometimes just do that subconsciously. We don't necessarily, we're not thinking, I need a way. But um, I think that's just such a, a, a beautiful, mm-hmm. though, I mean, when yeah. it comes to it, when yes. you're in that foxhole, that is what you need. That's what you desperately need is a way. And um, if, worst, if worst case scenario, I, and that's exactly what God has established. Yes, ultimately, mm-hmm. this is the ultimate way is to relate to him, trust him, mm-hmm. know him, trust, obey him, mm-hmm. follow and him. And, and that will solve a lot of problems here on planet yeah. Earth. And, he always, and ultimately. Yes, eternally. Mm-hmm. And he always said from the beginning that I will. Don't worry. There's going to I'm going to make a way. Mm-hmm. We're going to get back to the to the garden. We're, we're going to have a way back. <laughs> it's interesting that uh, in the first century, uh, the, the, way. the, the term <laughs> for right. believers or followers of Jesus was the way. That's yeah, right. the, yeah. Problem, the way. Anyway, I'm sorry, didn't No, that's all right. We come to uh, that. It's interesting that significant how significant Shem, Ham, and Japheth are, are Noah's sons, and, and how the, the again. Now remember. God told Adam and Eve, and now he told uh, Noah, multiply, spread out around the earth. Be fruitful, multiply. It was his plan that the human race would spread out across the earth, and that there would be, and if they did that, there would be different people groups. Mm-hmm. There were people who grew up in the mountains, people who grew up in the deserts, people who grew up on the island, people who grew up in the middle of the prairie. God already was establishing checks and balances when he was trying to. Exactly. (laughs) And there would be different foods. There would be different clothing. And Uh naturally, they would come up with different terms for things and and different languages. Well, they didn't do that in in Adam's house, nor even in Noah's. And so finally we come to chapter 11 where God decides he's going to take care of that. We've got a big groupthink problem. He had already promised them I'm not going to destroy the earth again by flood. And and the rainbow is a picture of that. And you have a beautiful picture of the the, the The, bow. The bow is pointing up. Mm -hmm. And so he's told them that. (coughs) uh, And and, and so the the solution here is that God – Confuses their languages. Yeah. They, in fact, is if you look at the Tower of Babel, chapter eleven, all the motives are there. They're saying we're not going to spread out. We're not going to. We don't want to get separated because, and we want to build this tower as a, as a, uh, a commemoration of our greatness of our. Uh, of, you know, it's kind of a big humanistic yeah. thing that they were going to do, and and God says, okay, so uh, enough of that. I'm going to. He confuses their languages, and by doing that. 
forces people groups. And and the significance of that is, is that it it would avoid then that what we saw happen uh, in the flood, that the whole race walking in lockstep to to godless godlessness and immorality, because now with the sin nature in the human race, that's what would have happened. Yeah. But when you break them up into competing people groups, yeah. then <coughs> though we are sinful and, and immoral, they're competing. <laughs> sinful and immoral people. It's so like that, the, uh, the orcs and the, uh, <laughs> who, who is it? The uh, different orc tribe. Yeah, yeah, the different, Lord uh, of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the different, uh, evil is often its own worst enemy. Right. Uh, it, exactly. it, it, and when there rises up a, a Hitler over here, there rises up a Stalin over there, and they're both equally evil and wicked, but they but they have different competing interests, and they they keep each other they they keep in other words the whole human race doesn't walk into lockstep into uh corruption immorality and judgment now you have you have wars between these competing groups and so on but but it it avoids the whole race right and so as long as uh is there's freedom and that's why freedom is such a key Mm -hmm. element is that if there are people within these different who follow after god then then there's always hope because a, a group can rise, a group can do the right thing. They, a group can have a good influence, salt and light uh, uh, influence over the earth. And so that Tower of Babel story is very, very important because it was a major step in God's allowing the human race to grow and expand through right. centuries and centuries now. Gives them some time. <laughs> Gives time for the harvest mm-hmm. to c- continue. Then you come to chapter twelve. You ha- you have Abraham, Abram. We've already talked a little bit about his story. Abram uh, leaving Ur of the Chaldeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, his half sister Sarah, Sarai. Uh, Abraham becomes Abram becomes Abraham, father of many nations. Sarah becomes Sarai becomes Sarah, princess. Uh, then they have a lot is his brother Haran's son. He adopts Lot into his family. Lot is his nephew, and uh, Lot chooses to live in the big cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham chooses you know to the the pasture lands and so on. Um, Lot gets taken. Um, uh, he is kidnapped by a pe- group of people. Abraham goes after him as a warrior. Uh, is not only a he, he has to be a warrior, a, a commanding general. He goes and chases and rescues his nephew Lot, and when he comes back with all of the the loot and uh, with all the that he has salvaged from the battle, he meets this guy named Melchizedek, who is a prophet of the true living God. Uh, and so, you know, in other words, Abraham wasn't the only one around that knew about God. There is this one Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and a priest of God, the Most High brought Abram some bread and wine, and Melchizedek blessed Abraham with this blessing. Uh, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has defeated your enemies for you. And Abram gave gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered, a tithe. And so uh, that's why Melchizedek is seen in the book of Hebrews. He's using an example of how God's work preceded even Abraham, and also uh, that Jesus is our high priest after the order of Melchizedek, and that we're not given his beginning, we're not given his past, and so Jesus is our eternal high priest, and and Melchizedek was the example 
given uh, in the book of Hebrews for that. Uh, then you have a Lord's contract promise with Abraham, his covenant promise, walking between the pieces of the yeah. sacrifice. And I think the sort of the, the, the nutshell from that is that when you make a promise with God, you know, you hear these uh, make a deal with the devil kind of thing, mm-hmm. you, and you know, don't do that. You're always going to lose. Well, making a promise, though, with God, uh, you're always going to win. And th- and that's not just a try. That, that, I mean, that's actually true. God. God yeah, when you enter into the covenant with God. He is. You, he, he has your back. He's I mean, the you, guarantor. No, he is the, yes. And I just, that's when I, I think Abraham, that's the beauty from that one, is he was making a promise with God. Abraham knew the consequences, knew the weight of it. I mean, this was. If you don't keep this promise, you're going to become like these animals that were cut in half and killed. And they, so Abraham, you know, tr- approaches it with fear and trembling. He knows that if I do this, I'm never going to be able to. I'm dead. I'm a dead man because yeah. I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to mess up. I know right. I can't do that. And so God says, okay, God walks through those pieces. And when it comes time to Abraham, for Abraham, God says, nope, Abraham, you know what? I'm going to walk for you. So even if. You mm. don't keep the, your promise, I'll still pay the consequences. And that's what we see. It is. It's just so beautiful. Abraham must have just been like, oh, what have I, I mean. Wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> he came into that relationship by faith. God is good. In God's goodness and God's mercy and so God's mm-hmm. provision. Right. Uh, and, and then, of course, we see it even carried out further. When Abraham finally has his son of promise, after 25 years he waits in some missteps. He has a child with Hagar, his wife's handmaiden, but uh, Ishmael. And then after 25 years waiting for this son, God tells him to go sacrifice him. And Abraham says, okay. Okay, Okay. but God made a provision. Where's the sacrifice? God will provide. Always. We made it. Chapter 21. Folks, we'll see you next week the here Bible on The Bible Life. dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live Broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.